A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Welcome to the Master of None podcast, where I interview incredible entrepreneurs who have achieved success by embracing their multi-passionate selves and using their neurodivergence as a tool to grow their business. I'm your host, Cheryl Woodhouse, and I'm here today with Jennifer Walls, who's going to share more about how they got started, the biggest decisions they believe led them to success, and what they want to share with other neurodiverse entrepreneurs coming up behind them. Jennifer is a multidisciplinary theater practitioner, voice actor, and vocal coach. She earned critical acclaim for her work as both an actor and director and made a name for herself producing and performing her own work as an impressionist and cabaret artist and is best known in the theater community for her musical theater event, Singular Sensation, a live open mic and production company, creating safe and supportive spaces and opportunities for performers. She is also a voice and performance coach and is passionate about teaching and empowering young and emerging artists. Of course, she's also a voice for and can be heard on many commercials and animated series, as well as three national television networks in Canada, because what would an ND interview be without so many different things that you are good at, right? Welcome, Jen. It's so great to have you here. It's so great to be here. I found my people. <laughs> I so love that you say that because I struggle with that um, as an artist. It's like, well, who are you? What do you do? I'm like, ah, a lot. <laughs> yes. We are Many all things. extra and it's okay. Okay. It's so okay. <laughs> I'm so glad to well, be here. I'm so glad that you are here. And I feel like you're going to be such an amazing example of how you can embrace your multi-passionate self and do all of the things in something that you're really, really interested in. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your business? There was a lot to unpack there. So how would you sum up? There's a lot to unpack. I feel like that's my motto. That should be my tagline. Jennifer Wells, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. Um, Love it. I think, we, I think we just found my memoir. Um, so yeah, I studied, I studied uh, musical theater in college. I went to a performing arts school and graduated. And then when I started into the business, it's, you know, started fairly typically. I did a, a musical out of school and, and then I, I joined a band when I moved to Toronto which is a very me thing to do. And then I met this, and I had always kind of learned by ear when I studied music, which my teachers hated, but has turned out to be very good for me. And uh, she did these tribute shows. Um, she played like Britney Spears and I think like Hilary Duff at the time. So I've just dated myself. You're all welcome. And uh, we were doing this song, Lady Marmalade in the band. And she's like, we're looking for a new Christina Aguilera. I do this like tribute thing. And I kind of dabbled in it for fun growing up at these little shows, like in my hometown. And uh, I was like, yeah, that would be fun. So then I started working as an impressionist, doing these like tours, um, performing, which was super fun and, and pretty theatrical too. Um, but my strength was in me being able to sort of manipulate my voice to do different things. So mm -hmm. that is sort of where my voyage into, into voiceover happened um, because I was doing some singing for a Disney film and I ended up kind of falling into my career as a voice actor, um, but still working in musical theater. Musical theater is, is tough. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's a tough, I mean, the world is tough, <laughs> right? But <laughs> I feel like musical theater is very, um, I don't want to say exclusive, but it's, it's hard to break into. Um, and I'm not one to not be busy all the time. And, and I've since learned what that's all about, but mm -hmm. um, sort of in an effort to keep myself busy, I was auditioning for musical theater, but also doing a bit of this voice work. 
but then I realized I'm not, I don't fit into the, to the mold, which we're really starting to move away from, which is so great to see like the inclusivity and, and the expansion of what is accepted and what is embraced in theater and entertainment is really exciting that we've seen through singular sensation, but um, I didn't really fit in. I didn't have what they were looking for at the time. So I was like, you know, screw this. Like I can sit and wait and feel bad about myself. But I was like, what makes me different from everybody else? What can I do that will help me stand out so I can show people what I can actually do instead of going into audition rooms after audition rooms, trying to be something I'm not and falling on my face. Um, so I, I wrote a show as Liza Minnelli because <laughs> I had this crazy <laughs> Liza impression in my back pocket that I had, you know, picked up in college. And I was like, okay, I do Liza. This will be fun. It'll give people a laugh. People will come see it. And that's sort of how that journey started. I did my first show. I wrote it. I produced it um, at a venue that I would end up picking up Singular Sensation at, um, which has been running for like 10 years, which is crazy. So it's all, it's all sort of picked up on the same path somehow like I feel like it's all aligned really neatly but also really messily um but one sort of led into an, into the other but what the catalyst was was when I made the decision of how do I stand out how do I embrace what sets me apart rather than trying to ignore who I authentically am in an effort to be like everybody else and that's where producing my own show came in. And then I took that to festivals and realized that's a whole lot of work to do. And I've been producing sort of events in my hometown since I was a teenager because there was nothing to really do for teenagers <laughs> in the arts where I grew up, bless them. Um, and so I started producing for other artists because when I did it, I was like, oh, my God, there's so much back work, like so much to do on the back end that you lose the art. And so I was like, if I can offer this service to other solo artists so they can stay creative and I can help with the logistics, having someone who sort of had a knack for it. So that's how I got into producing. And then I began directing because I got really sick and couldn't sing anymore. And so I was like, how do I keep the leadership I feel in creativity, but not as a performer? And so it's all sort of woven into this cool sort of quilt of a career. And now I do a little bit of all of it. I, I, I am a performer still doing shows. I am a producer with singular. I am a voice actor with, you know, the family channel and I am doing, you know, animated stuff. And as a vocal coach, I started just running kids programs because I've always gotten, I get along well with kids probably because I still am one. Um, but that developed into a career teaching and coaching people, but from a place of, remaining authentic with agency for oneself rather than like embracing the journey I had and encouraging others to do so too, rather than this is what it is. And this is what you have to be, forget who you are and fit in. It's well, who are you? And how do we bring that into your art and into your practice? And how do we bring that authenticity into your work? Because I think when you embrace who you are, you don't have to try as hard to be you because you are. So it's all sort of led into one into the other into the other just because I kind of refused to quit I was like this is what I do this is who I am I don't know how to do anything else so how do I make it work for me so it came like you know part desperation part getting sick of falling on my face but also I know there's something in me that is meant to be in this business and meant to be doing this work but what does that look like for me and it turns out it, it, it was a little different but that's ended up being 
my strength and I think what makes me a good coach and what makes me a good director and what makes me a good performer is because I have this multifaceted sort of experience at this point. Um, And I've never actually really looked at it all sort of chronologically (laughs) from the angle of being different. And it it makes so much sense now putting it in that way. So I thank you for for framing the question that way, because it really gives me a whole really kind of cool outlook on it, um, looking back at it now. Well, and you touched on a couple of really important things. Like first, amazing journey. That's that's quite incredible to come from like, you know, just messing around in middle school kind of thing, doing what's fun. So you have something to do all the way to now all of the things that you do. But it's so common for me to hear on these interviews and in conversations with people like us, one, the collecting of services. So like as you go, you pick out something, you're like, hey, I could do that. I could add value there. I could be helpful there. I could be of service. And so you add it to what you do. And then the next thing comes along and you don't really get rid of the last thing. You just kind of add it on. And so from the outside, from from the box of like what entrepreneurship is supposed to look like, we look like we're not niched. We look like we're not focused. We look like we're just kind of generalists and not really doing anything. Hence the title of this very podcast. But at the end of the day, they're all linked through this journey that usually just comes from us trying to find meaning and be of service and be of value and trying to contribute what we feel is the little special thing inside of us and find that little special thing inside of us and share it with the world. And I think that's Mm. just so, it's so amazing to keep hearing that over and over and over again. And I hope that it's really validating for the people listening right now Mm. to know that like, yes, I'm hearing again, it's okay for you to keep searching for that thing. It is okay that it is not one thing. It is okay that you add meaning and value to the world with all of the cool, awesome things that you can do around that one thing that you're interested in. And, you know, that can be your path and there's nothing wrong with it, right? Yeah, it's almost like in an effort to find your place, you create it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And therefore it creates spaces for other people also looking for their place in the world, which I think is, is really special. And I love, I love what you're doing with this podcast. Cause I think what you're hoping that it does, I, I it acts absolutely will. Um, yeah. I think that's very cool. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool to be here at the beginning <laughs> of something like this. I have to yes. say it's amazing. <laughs> so I have to ask, do you mm. have a diagnosis? Are you self-diagnosed? What is your story in that regard? Yeah, so it's actually quite recent, um, which is why this is this is um, very cool conversation to have. So I was diagnosed with um, ADHD in November. Um, so my full story is, and I've never told this story, so this is very exciting. And um, so about well, fifteen months ago, um, I got sober, and when I did, it sort of uh, it, it ignited this chain reaction of self discovery and trying to finally get to the bottom of what the heck is going on with me. So I, I stopped, I stopped drinking and started doing like a recovery program, um, which was, which has been so life-changing for me. Um, and so within that I went, I was like, I need to make a change. And so I went on back on some anxiety medication that I had been on before. And with that, um, they offer, you know, they're like, would you like to do some talk therapy with this? Because we like to sort of two prong solution, this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I've never had luck with this. I end up getting this like 
person who's younger than me, who I can't identify with. And I just end up going into performance me and, and working it. And I don't want to work it. I just want to figure it out. And so I was like, you know what? Fine, fine. I don't have a therapist right now. I clearly need to be working this out. So let's, let's do, what do you have to lose? Like, let's do it. So I did. And this time, this time it was different. And I, and I was paired up with this incredible individual who just like got me. She just got me and she recommended um, doing a, an evaluation with an organization called CAMH, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, and they're fantastic. Um, and I love that we're doing this on the eve of something called Bell Let's Talk Day, which is like a big thing about ending the stigma to mental health. It's, it's very corporate. I have many feelings talk about it. Any, you know, any opportunity to talk about it, I think is great. Um, so I did this evaluation and it came back saying, you know, yes, you have quite severe anxiety and maybe we can adjust th- that medication, but we also see, um, ADHD and some traits of borderline personality disorder. And I was like, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I started doing some research and I was looking into it and I said, yeah, you know what? I see a lot of myself in, in the reading I'm doing. And even in, in the recovery work I'd started doing, I was like, okay, this is the path I need to do right now. And I was lucky that sort of work was in a place where I could still work and that was okay. As okay. It can be in a pandemic. Um, so then I went to my doctor and I said, I, I, he mentioned something about ADHD and I, I really want to look into this because I think there's something there. And my doctor said, well, it's not actually in the workup, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't discussed. So let's look into it. And I have an amazing practitioner. Like my doctor has, has been my ride or die on this journey of like on the wagon, off the wagon, on the meds, off the meds, try this, try that. Like it's been a decade trying to get to the place I am right (laughs) now. And that tells you like the mental health system is a whole other conversation, but, um, my point is, look at me going on a tangent. Um, <laughs> so, so we, uh, I was recommended to go through this clinic and uh, I did like a nine month assessment with a number of like doctors and specialists. And uh, in November, I had my sort of um, evaluation at the end of it. And they said, so you had a feeling you might have ADHD and we very much agree with you. Um, I'm like, <laughs> great. Okay, cool, cool. So I started medication for ADHD in November which I'm still in that, in that, you know, getting to know you part of it, um, which is a a trip, um, especially for someone in recovery, I will say that. Um, but the quality of life I have just even knowing that piece of who I am and having that support now, I just feel like I've unlocked like this whole other super Mario level, like bonus level. You didn't even know was there. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. And, uh, so a lot of, a lot of work to get here, but yes, I had an official diagnosis a few months ago, but very new. And again, like I've never spoken about my experience from this viewpoint specifically. Um, but it feels really good. And I'm just like, thank you for this. And thank you for asking that. And thank you for the opportunity for us to share it from this point of view, because it's really liberating. And I think it's really validating. And like, it feels really good to be able to say it and say it in a way that is like, this is who I am. And this is what I've done. And we got this. Um, So that is my, that is my situation. That's awesome. Um, how would you say, if at all, that 
either having the diagnosis or starting the journey to a diagnosis has helped you succeed? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Cause I was like, man, if I've done all of this, having no idea, what am yeah. I going to do next world domination? Um, exactly. What I think it's done. It's allowed me to, and it's the same with like the emotional, you know, diagnosis pieces that I've gotten as well, kind of knowing what the markers are for me when I come up against those speed bumps, like not being able to focus or, or, you know, getting overly emotional when this happens or that happens, like knowing what my sort of triggers are or what my sort of traits are within that when I hit one, rather than getting confused and overwhelmed and frustrated, not knowing what's happening. And then it escalating into something completely different, which is what used to happen, um, which was no fun for me or the people around me. Um, now I can kind of go, okay, so this is what's happening. Okay. And I've sort of started building the tools to work with them rather than trying to push against them. Um, so really just, it's allowed me to, honestly, it's allowed me to be gentler with myself and more accepting of myself and how I need to work for who I am and how I function. So I think because I'm fairly new, so to be honest, <laughs> I'm not really sure yet, but that's the biggest thing in knowing what it is, being able to name it, being able to learn it and learn my own set of tools to work with it hmm. so far has been really good. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. It's also made the editing part of my job when I do videos and, and longer projects for um, my show or longer coachings. Like I'm in it now. I have, you know, I've accepted that I need a little bit of help to be in a yeah. space for a certain amount of time to do a certain thing, but I feel like I'm much more present and I'm able to be there and invest fully. Whereas I couldn't before, I just couldn't be fully in a space if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. I think everyone, everyone listening right now can relate on some level <laughs> or another okay. if they're listening at all, right? Because I mean, we might, we might not be present in the oh, podcast and maybe I mean, this brings you back. I don't know. I'm one of those people that will listen to a podcast and my brain will go somewhere, then somewhere, then somewhere. And the next thing I know, it's taken me two hours to listen to a half hour thing because I have to yep. keep rewinding. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Yep. <laughs> and I 100% expect that to happen with this. And that's mm. why we keep it short. Mm. Um, so looking back, mm -hmm. other than the diagnosis moment and the Christina Aguilera moment, which is just <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Hey. Um, oh, that's. Were there any moments, like pivotal moments or decisions that you made that you believe made you more successful? Hmm. You know, there's two that stick out to me. The one was, like I said earlier, when I made that very conscious decision to embrace what made me different in my field. And that was the impressionist thing and the ability to you know, produce and, and lead to take, to step up and take that leadership position that I felt called to. Um, and the second was with, with singular sensation because it started out, it was a whole, it's part of a dynasty of like musical theater, open mics in Toronto. It was hosted by someone else before me and someone else before her. And I've just been greedy and held onto it for like ever. Um, but it started sort of as a, as a gig at a bar. And I was like, you know what? 
this could be a gig I do every week, or this could be a vocation. This could be an opportunity for me to create something really special for a community I'm very passionate about. And that's when that game changed as well. And Mm -hmm. so we went from being an open mic to now being, you know, a hub where people knew they could come and meet other people. They could come alone and meet friends. They could be in a safe space to try new things. And then we started getting asked to co-produce and host events with other companies around the city. And then when we went online, we kept that community care and, and had people not just perform, but come and share their stories. And then we were approached by other companies who had also gone online being like, we like what you're doing. Will you come and work with us and help us with what we're doing? So really taking that step up of saying, I can be like everyone else which is, which is amazing. The community I work in is fantastic, but I could be that, or I can step up and be a leader and Mm. create and provide something that I would want to have created for me when I was younger. Um, But those two big decisions really had a huge ripple effect in my experience. That's amazing. I think leading, leading with ADHD, leading when you're a neurodivergent person is something we all feel called to and yet uniquely unqualified for at the same oh, that's time. Real. Oh, that's real, Cheryl. Oh, Ooh, we're all just, getting goosebumps. We, we struggle with it. I know for yeah. me, like, I'm always like, oh, I should be in charge of this. I'll do such a great job. No, I won't. No, I won't. And then I try and run away from it. But embracing that and just mm. learning to lead with your ADHD, learning to let your passion and your focus and your drive and determination lead and and let other people fill in the gaps that we're all hyper aware of we have yeah, right yeah yeah and I think <laughs> it's made me a better leaders. teacher I, yeah. I think so too and I think it's made me a better teacher and a better coach with my students because so many of I have quite a few neurodiverse students as well and I can see things in them and I'm like oh so let's try this because maybe this is how I I would it would it would hit me better. So let's try this, and so I can connect with them on a on an even deeper level now, and I'm mm. able to hold space in a different way that maybe I wasn't aware I could before. But I think it's just enriched my experience um, to just yeah to embrace it and to lead from that place rather than like you said running away from it. Yeah, that's so amazing, and it's such a gift to your students too. Um, if you, you could share one thing with the other people, with the people who are listening right now, who are trying to build a business, what would you say? Hmm. Congratulations. You got this. Good for you. Um, (laughs) But uh, you don't need to know everything and it's okay to ask for help from other people who do people who are doing what you want to do or people who have a strength that you don't reach out to them. Um, And I tell this to people I do, young actors I do workshops with, I said, people love to share what they know because it makes us feel smart, (laughs) which who doesn't like that? It's like, yes, I I know this thing and I can share it with you. People are more accessible than you think. So take the risk and and reach out and, and ask for that help because I think we're all given different skills and different strengths for a reason, because humans are pack animals, right? So we're, I think we're gifted with different skills so that we can share and collaborate as a society. And we all have our different corners of it, but we're all also have the opportunity to share and enrich others' experience. Um, 
So get in there and, and, and ask for help and collaborate and create community because you don't have to do it all on your own. Um, Cause that, that is a lot to expect of yourself. So I'd say, yeah, look for the people who excel where you feel you don't and reach out to them and, and, and see how you can work together to, to strengthen your skills. That's, I love that because it just ties so much into the leadership thing. Like it ties into being a leader, step out, ask for help, get, get those gaps filled. You don't have to fix yourself. You are fine. Yeah. Get over yourself. You don't need to know everything. Nobody does. And the more you cling to that, it it just, it will not lead you forward, nor will it lead your team forward. Right. If you are just so, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to, and that's totally okay. But you can still go on to Skillshare and try for fun. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because you want to. Well, that's the thing too. I think we've forgotten that piece about having fun and, and, and not just doing things that will create income or will further our career, but that piece of, but what interests me, like this new thing we're doing with the show. I was like, I, we were supposed to go back to doing a live show. And I was like, perfect. I don't have to pivot anymore. I don't have to figure it out anymore. I know what that is. And then, you know, friggin' Decepticron hit and then we're back pivoting (laughs) again. And I was like, well, shoot. So now I was like, okay, that was exhausting. That was this, that was that. What do I want to do? Because I think if I'm enjoying what I do, it will be more engaging for other people. So now we're doing a series where I'm excited about it. And I think we have to remember that we need to be excited about what we're doing as much as we want other people to benefit from our work. Yes, that is so true and so amazing. And sometimes it's the things that feel the easiest that actually are the best for other people. And how great is easy? Easy right? can be great. It doesn't have to be hard all the time. I tell my students, I'm like, life's hard enough. Singing doesn't have to be. Let's make this easier. Yes, exactly. Okay. This has been absolutely amazing. I, I love everything that you shared. If people want to learn more about you, I know your website's like under construction. Where can they go to learn more about you? Oh, that, and that is a surefire proof of my brain. That website has been under construction for years. Um, we'll get there. Um, yeah. They can find me on, uh, I, I'm not very, uh, well, yeah. I don't know why I, I couldn't make a sentence there. Uh, welcome to my brain. Um, I'm on Instagram um, at Jenny Walls, T-O-J-E-N-I-W-A-L-L-S-T-O, or you can follow the show, singular underscore sensation. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. Working on the website, jenniferwalls.com. <laughs> um, but you can go there. I was on a magazine one time and that's on the website. So at least there's cool. that. That's fun. Um, I'm just clinging to that for all, for all it's worth until they force me to take it down, which I never will. <laughs> yeah. No, cling to it. Cling to that moment yeah. of glory. Yeah. Okay. And that was because, oh my God. Yeah. I was on the cover of this news magazine because I was doing four different fringe shows and doing all of the things. And they were like, you're doing all of the things. That's very cool. So that's another thing because I did my own thing and was doing a bunch of stuff. They were like, oh, that's different. Let's share that. So go for it. I say, I love that. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can check out Jenny Walls TO on Instagram. You can check out everything. I'll have all the links in the description below. Thank you so much for being here, Jenny. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for being a part of our community. 
Um, make sure that if you're not in the Facebook group yet, that you come and join us over there because we have discussions about these podcasts every Thursday when they come out. And I usually will invite my guests to come in and do a little Q&A. So if you want to ask Jenny any questions, make sure that you're in there. The link's in the description. Thanks so much for listening and see you next Thursday.